Hello, welcome to the safety moment with the safety chick. My name is Ugochi Bijegu and I'm known as the safety chick because of my work in raising safety consciousness. In this podcast series, we bring you interviews with amazing safety professionals, sharing valuable insights and different aspects of safety as it concerns you, your life and your work. This is Safety Moments with the Safety Chick, intentionally grooming a safety conscious generation. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Safety Moments with the Safety Chick. And today we have another amazing safety professional in the house, and she'll be talking to us about developing a positive safety culture in children. Now, this is so, so super important because I personally believe that children are the future workforce and if we intentionally teach them how to make safe choices now first of all it reduces avoidable accidents that can affect them and then of course it makes them grow with that culture such that they can even share it with other people within their spheres of influence as they grow and today to have that important and amazing conversation with us is Disey Oba she's a QHSA professional welcome welcome Disey Thank you. Good to, good to see you. <laughs> good to see you too. I enjoyed our last conversation when we, you know, had a video chat like this last yeah. year. And so yeah, I'm happy that um, you are here. You know, when I was putting together the names of those who are going to be on this um, season two of the podcast series, I just thought, okay, I know you've always been so interested and passionate about sharing safety knowledge with children. And so it's important that you come and share with our parents and our educators on how they can also support in the safety knowledge. Because the truth is there are several stakeholders in this safety education thing. It's not just the child himself. In as much as the child is the direct person we're trying to mold and influence, there are other stakeholders involved. So thank you so much for choosing this amazing topic. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So we're just going to go right into it. Why is this topic so important in your opinion? All right, thank you, Gochi. Um, safety culture generally is the bedrock of every organization, every home, every setting. You know, and when we talk about safety culture, we're basically talking about how do people do things around the setting table. If we say safety culture in a home, how do the kids, how do the parents behave? If we talk about safety culture at work, how do the employees behave? So it's very important. And when we talk about developing a positive safety culture in children, um, the reasons are not far-fetched. Children are vulnerable. They are actually dependent on their parents. So we need to catch them young. We need to inculcate the right values. We need to inculcate the right behaviors because today many organizations are really struggling to correct unsafe behaviors amongst employees because most people have already, you know, acquired these bad habits in quotes growing up. You see some people, they do not bother to use their seat belts. They do not bother to, you know, do things properly because they were not brought up that way. So it's important because they say it's teaching time saves, saves nine. So we have to get them now they're young so that later in the future, we do not have issues. If every child is taught the right way to do things safely, you can, you can believe me that in this the future generation will have fewer accidents, they'll be more aware, and then the workplaces overall will be very safe. So I think this is a timely um, topic. And I'll also be speaking to myself you know, it's like a reminder also to me to do things right and remember things to be done properly. 
Awesome. I really, really love, love your response. And, you know, as you were speaking, what just came to mind is, is this popular analogy I like to use when I talk about, you know, grooming the future workforce. And that is this thing that if, for example, you grew up knowing that you are supposed to use your right hand to eat and you did it for maybe over 20 years, over 25 years, and then you show up one day at work and your boss tells you, You've been eating food the wrong way. Now you oh must God. always use your left hand to eat because whoever taught you to use your right did not teach you well. And you are now thinking, how do I switch from using my right hand to eat to start using the left hand? And if somebody is observing you, because you know it is a rule of the workplace, you are going to try to use your left hand. But if nobody is watching you, you are going to switch to your right because your right is easier. And that is the same thing that happens with, you know, having a safety culture or not having one. And you mentioned something, which is that now many organizations are trying to correct unsafe behaviors that their staff have. But just imagine if it was already corrected from the beginning, that they were already, you know, doing it normally as a way of life. It's going to be easier for all the safety officers exactly. in different organizations, right? True, so, true. Um, could you just share with me, what are the challenges you think uh, people face in trying to build a positive culture early? What are the challenges that you feel is leading to that? Because I know that maybe some people have great intentions, they want to, but maybe circumstances are just beyond their control. What are your thoughts? All right, I think the first thing, the first um, hindrance or the first um, stumbling block to achieving that is ignorance. For crying out loud, you cannot give what you don't have. So yeah. if, for instance, a parent or um, a caregiver or a guardian doesn't know that you need to keep sharp objects away from the children, right? You cannot pass on that message to the innocent child because you are not even aware of that, right? So that's one of the um, stumbling blocks or the hindrances, lack of awareness. They are not conscious of that. Secondly, um, some people feel getting young children to imbibe safety culture is a waste of time. But they forget that um, informal education, for instance, at home, before the kids get to school, they are taught some things at home. In fact, some children learn how to speak their local languages as early as whenever. So why don't you still teach them safe behaviors as early as that, if you feel it's important, right? Yeah. So um, it really starts from the grassroots. I don't really know how to um, portray it, but it's just best to teach them from the beginning. You may feel they don't understand because as they're growing, let's say a child of two years or um, three years, um, when we talk about culture, it's not a one-day thing. You have to keep talking. You have to keep teaching. You have to keep training. It's not just one day you tell the child, you need to wash your hands when you get back. If I would go back from church today, and you know what my son said, everybody go straight and wash your hands. And I was like, <laughs> And I told everybody, he had said it, you know, my maid, he called my maid, please go and wash your hands. So I was really impressed, you know, with that he did. So once yeah. he knows that growing up, trust me, he doesn't need to know that there is a pandemic or there's something to know he has to wash his hands. Because exactly. over time, over many years, he's learned to do that. So um, apart from the fact that people don't see the need, because I believe every um, workplace should have a bit of safety. So... So far as you're an adult and you walk in a place, somehow you know the right things to do. 
why don't you now pass it on to the younger ones, children and whoever is around you? So people don't feel it's important and then ignorance is the major cause of it. Awesome. I really like um, what you just shared. And I also like the practical example of what your son did, because I mean, if he, if he has been, if he has had this habit ingrained in him, that when you come in from outside, you have to wash your outdoor hands first before you do any other thing. And he does it. It just becomes almost like um, a ritual that is just yeah. a part of that. Every time you come in, you're going straight to wash your hands and doing that over many years it just, it just means that that's what he's going to continue to do yes and i think another thing again that i i noticed is i think maybe because we're in a part of the world where we believe so much in god you know people think god <laughs> is going to come down and do certain things oh no 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 god forbid oh god will protect yeah. us i believe in god also and i know that god protects us. i also know that god would expect us to also be wise you know do do what we are supposed to True. do right True. you know so um yes i think ignorance is a big deal because if you are not even um certain if you are not um certain that this thing is important then it's a problem and it reminded me of the conversation i had with on our last episode with the podcast guest and she was talking about sex education and how she was at this part of the country and she she was teaching about it and um, one of the fathers um, raised up his hand and said, um, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> I think maybe it's my wife that should have been here. <laughs> and then she had to educate him on the importance of fathers being carried along so that it's easy for the mother to do that job well. And that really both parents actually need the knowledge. So you can see that that was a classic case of ignorance where um, yeah. fathers think um, sex education should only be done by the mother. But what if you are a single parent, maybe you are divorced or you are widowed or for some reason, you that you are not even married yet, you now have to take ownership of raising children of maybe other family members. What are you going to do? So, yes, I believe that everybody should, you know, be more in tune, know what is going on so that they can also support in sharing the safety knowledge. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. So what would, what would you say are your best tips for parents and educators to ingrain this? And um, before you answer that, maybe you can start with, have there been examples, examples of where, when you saw the, the safety situation that happened, you just thought to yourself, if the parents had maybe shared knowledge or if this thing had been taught in schools, maybe this situation could have been avoided. Have you seen such situations and what are the best practices you think that parents and children, parents and educators rather should imbibe? All right, um, fortunately it's a sad one. Um, that was this year, earlier in the year, um, I got a call from a friend and she was trying to narrate what happened to her neighbor. Now, apparently it's actually among the tips I'm supposed to give for, but I can just mention it now. Um, a man was trying to leave the house and he did not know that his two-year-old was just behind his car, right? So, <laughs> um, so as he tried, he was actually in a hurry and this little boy was playing with sand behind the car. Like I said, it's a culture. You don't expect the child to say, you don't expect the child to know that he shouldn't be there. It's over time when you keep teaching them and teaching them and teaching them. So as he tried to get the gear and he reversed, oh Jesus, climbed over his son. This is a life story it happened a few months ago. 
climbed over his son. And when he climbed, he heard a shout, but he thought it was like a block or something. And he came down, you know, it was just a gory sight. It was uh-huh. only through God's intervention that that boy is alive today, but he's partly deformed. Oh, face, wow. You know, it's, it's, so, you know, the, the man was almost losing his mind because you can imagine yes, if, yes. you can never forgive yourself. You never forgive you yourself. Never. I mean, you wake up, he was almost running mad because he would just stay and then he would begin to shout when the boy was hospitalized. He was in coma. Oh no, it was just, you know, it was really oh, bad. Wow. So a simple thing as how many minutes will it take you to check around your car? You should have seen the boy. You know, so some things are sad, but how many, that's why we need to preach this safety message. Everybody has to hear it. I tell them in the workplace, it's not enough to hear these things alone. You cannot do it alone. You need to tell your neighbor, tell your church member, tell your friend, you could be saving a life. You know, so I felt terrible when I heard it. And well, thank God it's, um, the boy is alive, but I'm sure the father has known better now. So such things, that's one ugly side I remember, an ugly um, story I remember about failure to do things the right way, you know. Oh, wow, wow. This is, I, I'm so, I feel so uh, squeamish, like, <laughs> I feel I so squeamish right now. Oh, know, my right? oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, it's when we keep talking about avoidable accidents, you know, it's things like this, things that could have been avoided, you know, just a few minutes to do your vehicle inspection, exactly. just to walk around. Also, um, supervising children when they are playing, you know, don't leave children unattended, you know. Ah, oh my, wow. And then, you know, this, this thing again, you talk <laughs> about telling other people, you know, whenever I have my sessions, I always end with telling um, the audience mm-hmm. that, if all you do after now is to share one thing you have learned with someone else in your network, maybe you share it to a group, you share it on your WhatsApp status, you share it to any of your social media, or you just have a conversation with someone. It's very important because the truth is, maybe not everyone would have access to a safety professional to learn what they're supposed to do. But maybe if they hear from you who had access to a safety professional, it can make the difference in their own lives. Right. And that's how information spreads. As you learn, you share with other people because you just never know who that information is going to help. And that's why I keep on telling people, don't be focused on the numbers. Don't say, oh, you shared a message and maybe nobody liked it or nobody shared it. That's not it. Many times you just need one person, the one person that needs to hear that information. That is what is critical. So I think we should stop focusing on numbers or we didn't have a thousand people. And because of that, you think that the one you did is insignificant. No, it's not. Maybe that one person you are going to share with is the one person that would have access to the thousand and you have contributed, you know? So um, thank you so much for sharing Talking about that, sorry, Ugochi. um, I once went to a church and I was speaking to them about safety. And I almost did not believe it, but it was shocking to know that some people were not aware that you shouldn't keep your gas cylinders in the kitchen. Mm, and, yeah that's another one you know and you yes you feel like everybody knows it and i was talking to men not even it was a men's forum and i was invited to speak to them and sincerely they said they, they were not aware that the customer that should not be in the kitchen so i'm like oh my god we have so much work to do you know so i had to tell them 
and still told them, you've learned this, you need to tell your neighbors, you need to tell people you know. I walked into my neighbor's house some time ago and I realized her gas cylinder was in her kitchen. And I said, in this compound and I'm here. <laughs> I said, no, that's not possible, madam. And I sat on her until, because she was living up there, she said, no, you have to run lots of wire. I said, is it about the money? I had to educate her on what could go wrong. And she was like, really, she never talked about it. You know, but at the end of the day, she removed the cylinder and I was happy, you know, so still comes to the issue of spreading the message. Everybody needs to hear. They don't need to like it, but that knowledge yes. helps somebody. I agree. I agree. Yeah, thank you. This like this example now has really come home, you know, and so everybody listening now, you know, your gas cylinder is right there. In yes, your Okay, so please share with us, what are your best tips for parents and educators and how to develop a positive safety culture in their children? All right, um, there are a lot, a lot of them, but I'll just give the most important, the ones I feel are most important. The first thing you need, need to know or to do, now we don't, you don't, it doesn't have to be your children. You yeah. could be single, married, um, whatever, but you can actually save a child with the knowledge you have. Imagine a, an adult who has knowledge of first aid. That adult could see a child, maybe not your child, on, you know, on the road or something, who needs help and you can save a life. So it's for everybody, single, married, old, young, it cuts across everybody. So we need to catch mm -hmm. them young. It's very important. You know, there is this concept of tabula rasa. Kids <laughs> are born blank, right? Yes. So whatever you feel into them, that's what you get. So why don't you just feel in the right vibes, feeling the right values, feeling safe behavior as they grow. Even a little child who's behind in a car seat at the back of your car, one year, nine months, should know that once you get in, they see. The first thing they see mommy or daddy do or uncle or auntie is to wear the seatbelt. Yes. When this child keeps seeing that, has, once this child has that image, you know, in mm -hmm. his or her mind, over time, you cannot struggle with that kind of person when the person is 18 or 20 and say, wear your seatbelt. I sat in a taxi and I asked the man, why aren't you wearing your seatbelt? And he said, ah, madam, road safety, no day road today. That's road safety. <laughs> he was so serious. And I'm like, you're kidding. You said, well, he said, no, they are not on duty today. So are you wearing it because of them? He said, oh, yes, he wears his seatbelt because of them. Otherwise, it will stain his shirt. And I was wondering, where is the shirt? It will even stain. You know, so, so these things are important. Apparently, he... You cannot tell me he knew about, he grew up seeing people wearing seatbelts or was told the importance of seatbelts. So that's why it's really, really important to catch them young, start early. Yes. Let them know that they shouldn't do certain things as they grow up. Over time, you keep talking and talking. After all, I always tell people in my team in the office, why do we go to church or mosque? Every Sunday, today I went to church. It's not the first time I'm going to church. For people, some people have gone to church for three, four decades, and they've not changed. But one day, just one day, they could be like, oh my God, I need to change. So that's the same thing with this safety message. You cannot stop. You have to keep preaching it, preaching it, and preaching it until, you know, something happens, and then we break through um, the message. Everybody gets to hear the message. The next thing, you also need to teach the children to keep the doors shut all the time. When we talk about safety, um, Security is also part of it. If kids know that the doors should be shut and they grow up that way, it's easier for them. They become adults who are security conscious, who are safety conscious. Right? Another thing I would like um, to teach the kids is that 
strangers are not to be trusted and um, accept and gifts should not be accepted from strangers. You know, some kids always get into problems. You see a stranger, you don't know, oh, hello, fine boy, fine girl, how are you? Sometimes that's how kids are kidnapped. You know, so you have to educate them on the stranger danger. They should be aware of strangers. Don't talk to people you really do not know or you are not associated with. I saw a video sometime that was during COVID and it was really interesting. Some guy was talking about giving his kids a code right so yes. before they open the door and it was interesting i called my son he's about seven now and i'm going to give you a quote and he was so excited so sometimes even i go out and come back say mommy what's the code i said but you're not the one <laughs> you're not the one already so in that case some people will say um your parent or your mom or your dad your auntie asked me to bring you you don't just follow them you know blindly that if you don't tell the child these things how would the child know so you need to educate this child and tell the child you don't um follow strangers, you know, I have to tell you what to do. So that's how we have to build this culture in them and then they grow up with it. They don't get into problems. Um, and then playing on the road or around where cars are parked, I think that I've driven the message home already with the story I, I told. So children yeah. should not be around. Sometimes you see children, when the parents get back, they run towards the car, try to, anything can happen, you know. So we have to watch that. Um, we need to teach children about their bodies you said a bit about it but somehow in this part of the world it's not really comfortable it's i don't know it's it it's like the elephant in the room no parent wants <laughs> wants to talk yeah. growing up nobody told me about those things you know but i've learned now that i need to teach my children i need to teach young ones around because things are happening we have pedophiles all over and if you give names to body parts of your children it's one thing and then you call it another thing like we're growing up you know Instead of you to tell the children, this is this, and this is your body, nobody comes close to your body, your private part is private, and tell them, they need to know, because if you don't tell them, they would not know. Um, strangers can take advantage of their ignorance, so yes. parents have to ensure that they follow up closely with these children, they are vulnerable, they do not, they need guidance, so we have to follow them all the way, so teach them about their bodies, parts that are private, nobody comes close to your private part, and mention the names, please parents teachers guardians mention don't give them nicknames because somebody else will call another name and the child will be like oh this is not what my mommy said this is obviously something mm -hmm. else so say what it sees and age appropriate them sex education is good for them let them know that things um could go wrong and they must report they must tell their mothers they must tell their fathers they must tell people who they trust that way you're safeguarding them from you know such abuse and all of that and then um no access to certain rooms unsupervised we have young children they could get into the kitchen a lot can go wrong a child can just turn on the knob of the gas cylinder and then maybe no adult is around there and you come and light the matchstick you know what can happen it causes yeah. explosion so kids should be well supervised these days everybody is busy parents are busy you know but there's still a lot of work to do. You have to supervise them when the younger kids have to go into some part of the house and all that. Ensure that there's somebody, an adult, to supervise them. Um, well, of course, lastly, you need to teach them to stay away from danger. So all these tips, when you keep telling the child every day, every time you have an opportunity to speak to the child, you tell the child these things, trust me, your guess is as good as, good as mine. If every child knows this thing and they grow up like that in workplaces there'll be no need if everybody will be a safety officer you know, <laughs> but now we're already deformed young people who are going into adults so it's really a struggle 
you know, so, um, well, overall, there's work to be done and we can start in bits like that, share the message, tell everyone, and then the society becomes a safer place to live in. Awesome. Thank you so much for this. And there's so many things I picked up from that. When you talked about the code, I was smiling because it's written there in my first child safety storybook on the importance of a family password. Right. Oh, so I'm really okay. happy that, yes, that, that information, you know, it keeps spreading and, you know, it keeps, yeah, I'm so happy to hear that the family password is really, you know, critical because anybody can pretend, even the people that they know, you know, Yes, people, even people that they know can, you know, try to um, take advantage of them. And I, I love the example you gave with your son. And then again, something which is very important is modeling. Modeling is so, so powerful. Modeling is so, so powerful that our children watch cartoons and what they see in the cartoon and then they are trying to do it. So how much more if the adults that they are interfacing with on a regular basis are doing the right thing? It, they just they carry on that culture. And so we can't keep on having the culture of telling our children, do as I say and not as I do. They would go with what they see you do as opposed to what you say. And so that's a really... Um, powerful example and I also love what you talk about preparing them ahead and this is because I noticed that many times children find themselves in certain situations and then they are not sure of how to act because nobody prepared them so maybe for some of them the first time someone is trying to touch their bodies is the first time they are encountering something like that so because nothing has been said they are not certain how to act or if they should speak up or you know they are just confused basically but preparation empowers them, preparation equips them such that when they get into certain situations or people have certain kinds of conversations with them or they experience something, it triggers an alarm because something was said. And so the preparation is, um, is not um, spoiling them. Preparation is not instilling fear in them. Because again, um, last week, um, last episode rather, the 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 father who saw his wife teaching the children sex education said are you trying to turn my children to prostitutes just he didn't even wait to hear the rest of the story you know he just concluded right and preparation is not to spoil the child preparation is not also to impute here because people think ah no is it is this thing not too much for the children are we not trying to scare them and no 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 preparation is empowering them it's equipping them so that if something were to happen and you are not there because the truth is no matter how much you love your child you will not be with them 24 7 and because you'll not be with them 24 7 it's in your own best interest to have an empowered child that can make the right decision that would know what to do or see something and be able to tell you because you are relying on them to give you information of what happens in your absence. I think when parents begin to see it from that um, angle that these children are actually going to be the ones to inform you of what is going on when you are not there, it will change the dynamics and you know encourage them to you know ingrain that safety culture in them. So thank you so much for sharing those examples. I'm going to reiterate here again, something I am always talking about now to, to help in building a positive safety culture. And I call it a family safety meeting. And it's just simply a bonding moment that families have maybe every week. So if, for example, you are a family where you have a movie night or popcorn night or something you do where all the children are together and you're just having fun, 
ensure that you incorporate a safety topic into that thing so maybe people are playing cards after you've played cards you've laughed or you're playing scrabble or ludo after you people have just said and laughed you can just say ah can you imagine so and so happened maybe on the news or to so and so person what do you think about this topic so maybe you picked um the issue of molestation or you pick the issue of abduction or you pick the issue of fire safety and just ask the questions and then use the opportunity to teach them share what you know and again that's why you as a parent and as an educator you should get more information so that you can pass on the right knowledge to them and then when you share with them you ask questions to gauge their own knowledge and understanding of what you have shared and after that you move on but you see, because it wasn't just a formal lecture and all that, it came in an interesting way in the middle of a fun family activity. Your children don't feel pressured. And imagine if you do that four times a month, which is weekly, and you do that for the whole quarter, which is 12 times, and you do that for half the year and the entire year, by the end of the year, you would have covered several aspects of different safety topics with your children, and your children are more empowered. And so, because again, children are sort of evangelists, they might take what they would not even might, they will take what you have taught them. They will share with their friends. They will share anywhere. They will even tell adults. Maybe they see an adult doing something. They say, no, that's not the right thing because they are so bold, right? Yes. Yeah, so um, I, I think having those family safety, you can call it whatever you like, really. It doesn't have to be called a family safety meeting. <laughs> but the whole idea is, you know, being able to share in a fun atmosphere with your kids on a regular basis so that they are empowered and equipped. So um, Desire, I know that the audience who have listened to you today, they've liked what you have shared. If people would like to um, contact you, how should they contact you? And what are also your final words on this topic? Uh, well, if they want to contact me, they can contact me through you. <laughs> Alternatively, they can uh, check me on LinkedIn, Desire Oba. And okay. we could send the connection request and I would accept. Okay, yeah. awesome. Awesome. All right, my final words. Um, well, in as much as we try to build, model these children or the young ones to imbibe positive safety culture, we have to do it with love. Yes. We have to have, um, we have to pay attention to them. We have to give them listening ears because if my son, for instance, told me once that he had a crush on somebody and he hit me. He's going to be seven. He hit me and I'm like, oh no, not the African mother. Hold on, hold on. And, and I'm like, oh really? I acted like I didn't hear because I wanted to be sure of what to do. Right? So thank God I handled it rightly. You want to know how I handled it? You can get back to me later. But I handled it rightly and you know, he understood with me and he hasn't brought it up again, right? So I didn't tell him, you said what? Ah, you know, start hitting him, no. So you have to be that parent, be that caregiver that your children or people around you can openly say things to you and they know that they can get the right answer, right? So um, modeling also, we see some, some parents or adults, adults throw things off the window. That's what I see that a lot. You know, they're driving and then they just wind down the glass and then they put these kids are watching right they're seeing so we need to behave walk the talk like we say in the workplace we talk about safety you need to mm -hmm. act that way because they see more than they understand what you do um and then this message is also for school owners because it's not just enough to have this talk and at home 
you could have the family safety meeting and tell them all of that and they go to school and they hear something different yes you know they go to school and they are taught something different so it's a collective effort of the home and the schools so if the schools see that this is an important message and trust me these kids even listen more to their teachers for reasons i do not understand yet you know but sometimes they they listen more to their teachers i don't know if it's because they i don't know i really don't know so if the school the teachers and all that they put in the same effort the parents and other um, adults put in then trust me the work is easier for everyone and then lastly um life abhors vacuum so we must fill in the right things if you don't feel anything the wrong things will be filled in these children so Absolutely. i'm sure if you do your part i do my part we have a safer home we have a safer environment we have a safer workplace to live in please spread the word Thank you, Desire. This has been such an absolutely delightful conversation. And I'm really happy about what you mentioned, because interestingly, when I spoke uh, on this issue at the World Congress, that's one of the things I mentioned, that safety education must transcend just the home. If you, they should have it everywhere. You should experience it at home. You should experience it in the classroom. You should experience it in the media. You should experience it in the places of worship everywhere they should be touch points everywhere because what happens is if the child is not getting it at home maybe they will get it in school if they're not getting it in school maybe they will get it in place of worship if they're not getting it there they will hear it in the media you know the the first time i i started going to schools to teach children and i would ask them what is your emergency number in lagos they would say 911 and I really couldn't blame them much because almost all the films they've been watching, the foreign films they've been watching, the American films, they see that when there is an emergency, people are calling 911. And that is the power of the media. So if in our own industry, our entertainment industry, our movie industries, we're incorporating safety knowledge in it. So people know that, oh, they, so I saw someone, the person had, um, the person was choking and this was what they did in that film or the person um, was no longer beating and this was how they did CPR. Because a child in the US um, some years ago actually pulled out his younger brother who had fallen into a swimming pool and started trying to massage his chest until the parents came and then eventually the boy was taken to the hospital. And doctors said that it was that action of the boy trying to do that thing that looked like CPR that saved his brother. And so when they interviewed the little boy and said, how did you know to do that? He said he had seen a movie where The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, pulled somebody out of water and pressed the person's chest. Can you just imagine Wow. It was such a, it, was, it, it made headlines at the time. I remember posting it on social media. The Rock had to, you know, fly the family out, you know, to meet the boy and all those things. Because who would have thought that a scene in a movie would actually help someone in a real life emergency? That is the importance of the platforms that we have. So safety education should, you know, permeate so that somehow there is a touch point and it is indirectly um, getting into the consciousness of everyone who listens to it. So thank you so much for sharing. And um, this has been an amazing session. And thank you to all our listeners for staying through to this point. I hope you have learned something. And like we always say here, as you have learned, please share with other people. Let oh, them yeah. know about this information because just maybe you are the link that you're going to have to get in safety education. So uh, thank you so much once again for joining us and see you on the next episode. Bye.
Thank you for listening in on this episode of Safety Moments with the Safety Chick. I hope it's been a good one for you. Feel free to leave a review. And if you'd love to get information on when the next episode drops, join our Telegram channel at t.me slash the safety chick. Chick without a K, just C-H-I-C. So t.me slash the safety